The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Quarm Lasso Sports Hall. It is December the 3rd. A great day uh, to be alive. Welcome to the show. If you want to join the show, it is 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy is not in the studio. This is the first time he hasn't been in the studio since he started the show, which is surprisingly. And it had to take a flu bug or something or a hangover or something for him not to be here. But Alex Clancy is still part of the show. He is online. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I ate something bad last night. Yeah, yeah, so you gotta I just got to fight it off. You said sinus is not a cold or anything? No, no, no. Just a just a stomach bug. Sinus and stomach bug. That's okay. You need to get your blood work checked, buddy. Always, All right. Always get your blood checked. Uh, what they put in our foods today is amazing. We're not gonna get into that. Because <laughs> 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 hey, it was. Uh, let's get into the show. We got a lot to talk about. We are gonna finish up. You know that Seattle game that we talked about yesterday. Which was ooh we a blowout. Yeah, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, duh. That, you, you say that like <laughs> you say that like you surprised about being wrong. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. Them guys are a different breed of. They are a different breed of a sports team right now. And I and you know what? It's not even the offense. It's the defense. And we'll get into that. But the the word going around the street right now and the buzz in the, in Arizona is the Super Bowl. Now the Super Bowl is in New York. They have the new logo out for 2015. The Super Bowl is New York this year. Um, but look out for some events through the Quarmelaster Foundation and NFL alumni uh, because we're going to build up to that. But uh, the Super Bowl, the new logo for 2015 is coming out there, coming out here in Arizona. So be prepared for a lot of great things that's about to start happening in Arizona right now. Hopefully uh, with the Arizona Cardinals plan, as well as most people thought they wouldn't, they can build up to that. It'll be great. I don't know how many – you may have to do the research on this or the, the background on this. I don't know how many teams host the Super Bowl in their own and was and played in the Super Bowl in their own state. Yeah, I'll look it up. I was just thinking that too. Yeah, well, Super Bowl at the University of Phoenix uh, Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. That is 2015. We're going to do a lot of events building up to this, the Kwame uh Sports Talk with Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris. We're going, to, we're going to build up to it. We're going to do a whole lot of things, try to be on the scene where we need to be uh, and get it done. Uh, but speaking of the Super Bowl, that this year, the team I see this year, and I, and I think I've, I think we both agree on this. Maybe I know Seattle was one we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. I th- you said San Fran, maybe. No, you said San Fran. Did I? I said Green Bay. <laughs> you said so, Green Bay. I might have been thinking Seattle when I said San Fran. Yeah, probably. No, I said San Fran. And I said San Fran because, <laughs> but, but you know the way they played last year and and. Losing to Baltimore and then the lights going off and changing momentum. But 
I thought they had everything in place. I thought their defense was intact, and they added pieces to their defense. So I did think San Fran would, would come back to the Super Bowl and, and challenge. And they're not, they're not out of the hunt. They are 7-5 right now, or, or was it 8-4? and four. They're not out of the hunt as of uh, right now, but they have some key games that they need to win because they have the Arizona Cardinals, who are 75, last game of the season. And that possibly, with the Cardinals' schedule, can come down to that wild card spot. And the Cardinals have the St. Louis Rams, Tennessee Titans, and then they have Seattle, which can be trouble, depending on what Seattle, how they look at that part of the season on resting players. I'm not a fan of resting players. Put the reps in uh, so you don't lose momentum. We've seen what happened when teams take off Indianapolis Colts for a game and come back and they lose games. Um, but it could come down to the Arizona Cardinals-San Fran game, the last game of the season. Who gets that wild card spot? Yeah, I mean, it's, it really it's interesting how Colin Kaepernick is a total Jekyll and Hyde this year. He's, he's had a couple of really, really good Colin Kaepernick weeks, and then the other the other few have just been just atrocious. You know, I mean, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I think, that Carson Palmer had a higher QB rating than Kaepernick takeaway week one, where it was just a which is a gunslinging uh, uh, shootout against Green Bay. I mean, it's it's interesting to see what happens. It, which one of him will show up every week? Well, you know, there's, there's no rhyme or reason at this point. I mean, maybe it's just game planning on the on the uh, defensive coordinator's side, but I, I really don't know what the difference is between you know week to week with him. Week one, everybody's excited, and then Anquan. Uh, going to his new team and playing for the first regular season game in the San Francisco 49ers jersey, uh, leaving right. Baltimore. So everyone was, everyone was excited. And um, they put a point. The 49ers came out that first game, and you thought, okay, yeah, they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. Now, we all, as fans, get hysterical on the first game of the season and say, okay, that's the Super Bowl team. It's just the first game. They're gonna get, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be a lot of – uh, unnecessary things within a season that may cause a distraction. But the San Fran right now, seven and eight and four, seven and five or eight and four, one or the other. Uh, but they are in position to control their own destiny. All they have to do is win out. They get their wild card spot. Yeah, and to answer your question, uh, there's never been a team to play in the Super Bowl on their home field. Yeah, I, I remember um, uh, when I first got here, Buddy Ryan said. Why shouldn't we host our play in our own Super Bowl when it was here in ninety four, ninety five? He said, Well, we should play in our own Super Bowl. We didn't have the caliber offense that we needed to get to a Super Bowl. But, you know, it it's been talks ever since, you know, teams teams are just not that good when the Super Bowl is in their state. So, yeah, and there were a couple that were close. There was one Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Los Angeles Rams at the Rose Bowl, so it was the same city but not the home stadium. And then San Francisco forty ers uh, beat the Dolphins at Stanford Stadium. So again, close but not not the yeah. exact home stadium. Yeah, no cigar, no cigar. All right, this game last night. Um, Kevin said twenty nine twenty six Seattle. I said twenty seven twenty one, giving Drew Brees a chance to come back. You said it was going to be a lot closer than that. I said thirty four seven Seattle is was what I picked. Yeah, right. Thirty four seven. No, I picked it correctly. No, you ain't said nothing like that. <laughs> I said, like, I think I said 34-20 New Orleans. When you're talking about the Super Bowl and you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks and how they play, um, that that team is built for the Super Bowl. So now in the NFC, I'm looking for who gonna, who's going to face this. Uh, I'm sorry, the AFC, who's going to face the Seattle Seahawks. A lot can happen. They have two defensive backs suspended. One may is suspended for four games. One possibly, Browners possibly for the whole year. He's appealing that. Um, if you're an idiot, 
to take something still in this day and time that you should should be suspended if you're a second offense for the whole year. Don't be so stupid. Yeah. All right, now the the Seattle Seahawks looks like the team that can host not host but be in New York for the Super Bowl. But who will be that AFC teams? We looked at how they just run over the uh, New Orleans Saints, who many of us talked about as possible Super Bowl um, team this year with Drew Brees. Because you make you make relevance to there's only four quarterbacks who can take their team on a road and travel and win games. I, I don't think there's four. And I'm a huge Drew Brees fan. I like Drew Brees more than his kids like him. So he hasn't he he hasn't been able – to really been been a dominant guy or his team as far as role games. And Seattle's a tough place to play. I played there. I can imagine now what it is, but it is a tough place to play with the with the noise and always raining and wet. But when you have a defense like the Seattle Seahawks, you should be the that defense travel. They play everywhere. I think they got complacent this year in a few games where they had to come back, uh like the see like the Tampa Bay game where they had to come back mm-hmm. from a twenty one point deficit. Um, but Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints had 188 total offense yards. That is, I would I would have bet that would be a lot more going into this game, and not winning, but going to this game and Drew Brees doing what he does. Uh, he he only amassed one touchdown, and that was to his tight end. But 188 total yards. That's that's a huge credit to getting the jump on them in the, in the beginning of the game and that defense and where that defense played. Yeah, totally. I mean, I kind of put this, I mean, give Seattle the credit it's due because the defense obviously gets the credit. I put this kind of on Rob Ryan, though, for how lopsided it is. You can tell that his game plan was to stop Marshawn Lynch. That was it. And they did. But Russell Wilson threw the hell out of the ball all over the field. I've never seen this offense with Russell Wilson be this vertical. There were so many passes of 15, 20, 25 yards down the field that they didn't need to run the ball. And I think if Rob Ryan would have gone... You know, 75-25, stop the run, or even 60-40, just to watch out. Because Russell Wilson can throw the ball, and he can run. So, obviously, he, he was their leading rusher with 47 yards. And Marshawn Lynch is the top three, top four back in this league. So, they stopped him, but they lost the game because of only trying to stop Marshawn Lynch. So, I kind of put this on Rob Ryan's head uh, from a defensive standpoint. I think Rob, Rob Ryan was going to stay aggressive anyway um, just to stop the run, and he did. But you have to... We watched Russell Wilson, um, just even in college, how composed and, and, and competitive he is at the quarterback spot. Uh, we make they, There was a lot of reference that he's just 5'10 and half, 5'11. Well, they talk about Drew Brees. They talk about Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie was able to play at 5'9 and a half or 5'10, if you will. I give him 5'10. He was able to play and play successful, but you create an offense around him. And I don't think the Seattle Seahawks offensively didn't change anything as far as him being a five, uh, Russell Wilson being a five eleven quarterback, the guy can drop back. And he has a nice touch on the ball. He knows. I think that that clock, that mental, that imaginary clock that's in his head. Um, he lets the ball go on time. He puts a nice touch on it. If you, he's going to take what you give him, and it doesn't hurt that he has. Look at the atmosphere around Seattle. It doesn't hurt that your coach is a. You have a college coach uh, who's been in the pros before and making his second stint but has an atmosphere where everything is loose. You never see that sideline stress or tensed up, not even when he was down 21 to Tampa Bay. You didn't see the, the stressness or the or panic mode button in those guys. They just felt like, and it, it looks like, they feel like they can always win or they're going to always be able to come back from games. No one wants to come back from uh, football games 
consistently, but they're able to do it. And the four Can quarterbacks. Can they win a playoff game, though? Can they win a playoff game? Well, that's going to be the question, like, but here's the, here's the deal. The playoff games seemingly may be in um, Seattle. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're going to have to go on the road uh, to win playoff games, and they may only be playing. They might have. They're probably going to get a bye, and they're going to have to play three games to get to two games to get to the Super Bowl. That's that's taking care of business during a regular season, doing what you're supposed to do because home field advantage. I used to think you can go play anywhere because the game is the game. You're in between the same lines. You got the, uh, the same footballs. Everything was the same. You could play anywhere defensively because when the defense is on the field as an opponent, then it's quiet because the opponents, the uh, home team's offense is on the field, so there's no noise. So I always thought you can go play anywhere, but when you go to Seattle, it just seems like it's a different ball game. Yeah, they broke another record last night, another sound record. So I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I think that the, the the question will be: is say they do make it to the Super Bowl, you know, if they win a playoff game, they they continue on this great run that they're on. They make it to the Super Bowl. They're playing in New York when it's going to be 15 degrees, and they see Tom Brady on the other side. I feel like, I think New England's going to come out of the AFC because uh, weather doesn't matter to Tom Brady at all. I would agree with that. And I, and I think that they're obviously getting healthy at the right time. This was genius for them to not put uh, not put Gronk on the pup list and just see the week by week to see what happened. Julian Edelman taking Wes Walker's spot. They kind of split Wes Walker's role into Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman. So they have two Wes Walker lights on their team. Uh, you know, Brandon Bolden's look good. Their running back team really hasn't looked so hot recently, but they have their balance and their defense is playing better. And it doesn't matter if their defense does or not because Tom Brady can outscore anybody on any day. I just would be scared of anybody from the, if I was the NFC. If I was in the NFC at, in the Super Bowl, I'd be scared to see Tom Brady in the cold playing against you. You know? Yeah, no, I hear you make good points, and and I'll elaborate on that more. We're going to go take a quick break and come back out of, out of break. I do want to talk about Seattle and their possible opponents, which it could be the New England Patriots. You know, the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning are playing well, but the New England Patriots in that cold weather, possibly in New York for the Super Bowl. Carmelas Sports Talk, Alex Clancy is on the line. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports hi i'm joe swedish ceo of wellpoint we proudly support the march of dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the united states though premature births have recently declined still half a million babies are born too soon each year we're helping the march of dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives Please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Sports Talk. It is December 3rd, and while I'm on it, on a special day, let me thank everybody for wishing me a happy birthday. I am 24 again. Um, you are? Again, yeah, man. Again. I look 24, don't I? Well, I mean... Yeah. But, you know, thank everybody. Well, for <laughs> See, that's the problem with men. Men are scared to give other men compliments. You don't make you anything, nothing but a, a well... Uh, Let's all get into this. <laughs> <laughs> John Missile sent out a tweet, and I just cannot find that tweet. He sent out a tweet, a tweet about um, happy birthday in Voice America Sports. Hey, 888-346-9144 is the number if you want to call in. We are talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Alex Clancy is on the line. He's not in the studio for the first time ever. Um, he's working on a pink slip. He keep missing work. Um, Get out of here. <laughs> The Seattle Seahawks. I think that's the team that beat. They have a good. They have a tough game coming up, and we'll lead into that uh, at some point. But they do play the San Francisco 49ers this weekend. Um, the the team to play these guys in the Super Bowl, who has a good chance of winning the Super Bowl if this comes to. Now we watched Denver Broncos as ten and two, I believe. Um, they are they are the team uh, that everyone talked about. That was one of the teams that I mentioned as possibly from the AFC could be in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning and how those guys played, the record-breaking touchdowns and yardage that he is on right now. Um, it seems like they have everything. I think their defense, the Denver Broncos, is falling apart. They had some distractions. They had some guys out because of some off-the-field issues on defense early in the year. Um, so I thought about this time of the year they'd be putting it together. They're winning games because they're able to put points on the board. Now going into the Super Bowl, and we've seen the um, we've seen Peyton Manning in the New England game two weeks ago, where he came out and played lights out, but then he was he was in New England, and that is Tom Brady's team, and these guys had twenty four zip, twenty four to nothing going into halftime. Tom Brady comes out and plays well. He gets his team back, and turnovers on both sides. Uh, allow those things to happen on both sides. Allow the Denver Broncos to get up early and allow the New England Patriots to come back in that ball game. But Tom Brady, um, probably his third comeback game this year. And this is not a situation where he put them in that situation because I don't really like comebacks when you're talking about certain quarterbacks because those are the guys who put them in the situation by throwing these interceptions or making bonehead plays and then um, you say the quarterback had a comeback. But Tom Brady's yeah, different. Tom Brady's a different guy. Andrew Luck with that. I, I, I was. I was talking about Andrew Luck. I was thinking of Andrew Luck when I was talking. Um, and I like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys that we talk about, like we talk about Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Peyton Manning. Um, and Cam Newton's going to be in that mix with um, um, Andrew Luck, or Andrew Luck's going to be in that mix with Cam Newton. 
uh, when you talk about the next great quarterbacks. But the um, Tom Brady will fail where against the Seattle Seahawks if the Super Bowl came down in New York between those two teams because he's accustomed to playing that cold weather. Peyton Manning and his surgeries, I just didn't see it. I saw his balls, uh, his passes, and his throws, two different things, fall short later on in that game against the New England Patriots two weeks ago. Yeah, but he had some zip on his balls down the field uh, last game against the Chiefs. When he was throwing, he was throwing tight spirals down the field, twenty-five yarders. He had a he had a couple twenty-five plus yard touchdowns to uh, to Eric Decker. I mean, he, I I didn't see it. I, I didn't see anything fall short last week. Yeah, Kansas- I don't know. I mean, it, it could have been just a premonition. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, if, you, if you're going to beat Denver, you got to put pressure on Tom Brady and on uh, Peyton Manning, and they just didn't do that. They just did not do that. New England, part. New England cold is different from Kansas City cold. It gets cold in Kansas. I went to school out there, but New England cold is Kansas is different. That's a totally different ballgame. It is it is freezing cold. And it gets it gets so cold. It, it gets below zero in New in uh, Kansas City, but it's just it was just a different ball. It wasn't the same temperature. And, it, and plus they played at night uh, in New England, so the temperature was way below. Um, and that can have some effects on you later on, later on in the game as a quarterback, as any, at any position for that matter. Um, I don't know what they did in the locker room, put some heat on his neck, shoulder, and back, whatever, his arm. Uh, but it, I just saw throws not reaching the players, not reaching the receivers mm-hmm. uh, a lot of time uh, in that New England game from Peyton Manning. Now, Tom, yeah, no, I, I have a question for you, though, and this is interesting. This is, I, I'm, a conspiracy, I'm a conspiracist now. I think that's what, how you pronounce it. Uh, the... The Broncos and uh, Chiefs were supposed to play Sunday Night Football this uh, that uh, two weeks ago mm-hmm. when they played they played the Chiefs and and they, and they flexed. Or this was two nights ago. I'm sorry, this was uh, two nights ago. They were supposed to play the night game, but they switched it out to be uh, the Giants and Redskins. Do you think they switched it out to be a day game so Peyton Manning wouldn't have, wouldn't have to play another night game in cold weather? Absolutely. Let me tell you this. Do you think that, do you think that, that was cause that is that was the premier game of the week on Sunday? Right. You then you and you flexed it out. You joking around about your conspiracy, but let me tell you this about college football games. Sixty eight percent of college football games are fixed. Now imagine what the percentage is. Uh, you laughing, but um, until you put your money in that pot and you can't win, and you wonder why yeah. you can't win. But imagine what the percentage is in the NFL. This is a this is a billion dollar business. You think somebody don't have their hand on the button to to continue to make billions? This is a billion dollar business. Now, well, what about the NFL though? What about that? I mean, I know uh, that's so what I said. Six was so much more. Sixty-eight percent of college. Sixty-eight percent of college games are fixed. Imagine what it is in the NFL. I couldn't tell you the numbers, but it's more than sixty-eight percent because you flex games like that. I've seen games flex for certain reasons, um, and it's the, sometimes it's or most times it's for TV ratings because that game just seemed like the better game. Remember the uh, the the Denver Bronco game and the. Uh, New England Patriots games was flexed. That game was flexed. The Kansas City Chiefs game, the Denver Bronco game was flexed. Well, I I got money on these games. If I'm if I'm the guy who putting people can bet millions of dollars on these games and losing millions is is bad business. But winning millions and and having control over the game, well, that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole nother level. I've seen. So does that say more about? Does that say more about the NFL or about Peyton Manning not being able to win at night? <laughs> the NFL. But let me tell you this: uh, I've seen a game where um, this was years. This was years, years ago. I, I don't. I think I might have been in college. 
Well, the San Francisco. What's going on over there? You, your phone sound like Junior Spivey's phone. You got it. You sitting by a fan? Know. I'm good. I'm sitting outside. Just a little wind. Yo, uh, I seen the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Keena Turner, Joe Montana, um, I, John Taylor. I seen about maybe Roger Craig. All those guys set out a game. It, it, it probably was more, and I hope I got those names right. But it probably was more. Set out a game. Um, just and I had had to imagine what was wrong with them. Maybe so the other team had a chance to win because that's when the 49ers were the 49ers, when they was the dynasty. Yeah. Uh, but come back and all of them play full speed, no injuries, uh, next week. All, sure. that st- all that stuff is fixed. You're going to sit out. You, you saw, we see on the sports world how basketball games get fixed, and we hear about them later. There was a situation in ASU years ago where games were fixed. <clears throat> so yeah. just imagine. So yes, to answer your question, uh, yeah, I think um, move that game up because as cold as it get at night, it's cold during the day, but it gets a little cold at night. Temperature drops as as time goes on. And Peyton yeah, Manning, it was like twenty three degrees or thirty two degrees or something during game time there. Right. So, so imagine. I mean, at night it would have been. Ooh, it wouldn't have been Peyton Manning weather. That's for sure. It wouldn't have been Peyton Manning weather, but yeah, those games are fixed, and we'll move on to some football. Football, but. That that is a good point. Uh, question you bring up. Now those are not facts. I don't have the facts on those, but that's just. I didn't know. I, I struck a nerve. Yikes! Now, I you, you sh- no, I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, that's it's, it's business as usual. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I'm fine. The games are fixed, but you got to enjoy them as a fan. Um, and it's only sixty eight percent. Fine, the games is not fixed. If you can do that, and you use joking around as being a conspiracy theorist, but. You know that's college. That's that's pro. You're dealing with billion. You're dealing with billions of dollars. You gonna have to go inside. You're dealing with. <laughs> you're dealing with billions of dollars. You gotta imagine somebody got their hand on that button. Anyway, the Seattle Seahawks has a San Francisco 49ers. The um, the Green. I mean, sorry, the New Orleans Saints have the Carolina Panthers. Who you have winning this game? Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints. Carolina Panthers only five games, six games. Eight-game eight run. Eight-game yeah. run. They're 9-3. and three. They haven't lost a game since they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. They are 9-3. I don't think that it matters if Carolina wins or loses because they're, they're, they're ahead of the curve this year. I think if New Orleans loses this game, there might be some uh-ohs down south. You say it doesn't matter yeah. if Carolina loses? Yeah, if Carolina loses, it doesn't, I, I think if... Both if, of them. Are, uh, this is a divisional game. Both of, both of these guys are nine and three, and they playing in the Superdome. So you know Peyton Manning. I mean, I'm sorry, um, Sean Payton is going to get his guys back. But you don't have to do a whole lot when you're playing at home. Drew Brees. Drew Brees plays well at home. But when you're talking about this, uh, uh, D'Angelo Hall for the, the running game is um, he's been hurt. Hopefully he makes it back. But Cam Newton just has a. a Different energy about him, more of a leadership about him. Uh, I like to see his throws better, but he's winning football games for this team. Uh, Steve Smith is still a top receiver in the game, um, but he, and he has a lot of weapons around him. But they all they predicated on that running game first. They have Big Tolliver over there, who's been ground and pounding um, for a big guy who can still run, has enough speed to uh, be dominant and, and and cause a running game to open up the pass game. But I, I, I look at the Carolina Panthers to go into New Orleans Saints and win this game, win a close game. Wow, you're picking Carolina. So, 
I mean, um, Newton, um, you, you left out one one really important guy on the on the Panthers is Greg Olson, who has become a huge huge part of the offense. Even the vertical game, uh-huh. Greg Olson definitely has some speed on him. Yeah, I mean, he's not like Jimmy Graham or or uh, Antonio Gates in his heyday or, or whatever. But but he's I mean he's he's definitely serviceable. He's got great hands. And if Cam Newton goes into New Orleans and beats New Orleans, mm-hmm. he might be an MVP candidate right then. But I think this is the New Orleans. This is the biggest game of the year for the New Orleans Saints. Before, after this game, will tell how good they really are, especially after getting their their behinds handed to them on the road. If they lose at home, uh, there might be there might be an issue. The last time they played, the uh, Panthers beat the uh, New Orleans Saints forty four thirty eight. High scoring game. Um, I'm looking for probably close to those numbers again because it's going to have to be a shootout. Drew Brees plays well at home, but the Carolina Panthers don't have the Seattle Seahawks defense, but they do have a defensive-minded guy in uh, Ron Rivera over there. Uh, I never um, could understand why they would, you know, how they lose so many games from a defense standpoint when they have a defensive-minded coach over there. So I think it's going to come down. They're going to look at this film, obviously, they have to look at the film that the Seattle play and how they attack them. But you can look at that film all you want to. You just don't have that front four that the Seattle Seahawks have. You don't have that corner that the Seattle Seahawks have. But you do have offensive weapons that they have. You do. You can. You can mirror the Carolina Panthers. Can mirror the Seattle Seahawks on offense. Defensively, Seattle is just a different ball game. So they're going to have to come up there and just and play man to man football because we watched just. The Seattle, the New Orleans Saints get manhandled in Seattle. At some point, you have to stop them from running over you every other play. So I think it's going to be a, a tough game. It's going to come up. The point score, the point ratings are probably going to be probably going to be up in the, in the 60s, 70s again. Yeah, um, look for Jerry Spoles to get really, to get put right in the smack dab with this offense. Him to have 10 catches four or five carries, like he's gonna he's gonna put his name on this game because he, he's I think he's starting to get back healthy. He had seven catches last night I think for only thirty four yards. Right. So they're trying to get him involved. Just watch him in the slot, trying to trying to get him in the middle of the field. And um he hasn't really been doing much. So if he can come on towards the end of the year, that adds an X factor that nobody else in the NFL has. So uh if I I really think that he's gonna be huge in this game tonight, uh next week. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk some more football. We'll get into some uh, college. Uh, we'll go down the list and see what games matter uh, this this week coming up. Juan Lassie Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. Trying to get out. Just follow me. I'll get you there. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, not in the studio, but he is live on December 3rd with me on this great day of living. 888-346-9144. I don't know. You got a science project going on over there, Alex. What's, what's going I'm on? I'm good. I'm just making a rocket. Yeah, something's going on. Let me, um, let's get back into football. Let me ask you this. Um, um, what do you think about? I'm going to go back about five weeks on uh, incognito. Um, Philbin didn't want this guy on the team when he had a somewhat of a case at a at a function, a Miami Dolphins function with a, a female. Uh, he wanted to kick him off the team. Then did you did yeah. you hear this story? You hear the story on that? Yeah, I mean, it didn't take him much time to cut um, to cut Chad Johnson. So I don't know what the, what the big difference, what the big deal. I feel like it was the exact same thing, even though it was. You know like what? Assault. He 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 hit his hit his ex wife now. You know what? Um, he hit his ex wife. I think so. Yeah, that's why he got. Oh oh, you talking about Chad Johnson? Yeah yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Um no yeah, but you know what? That's true. He he wasted no time, but there was a no tolerance uh, with Chad Johnson coming in, um, and I don't know what the difference would have been with Incognito with his background, his history, um, should have been a no tolerance coming in also. But Chad Johnson was just—he, I think he just pushed the limits, and and then he did something silly, yeah, headbutting his um his wife at the time, uh, probably ex-wife now. Uh, I don't know the situation, but um, yeah, it was interesting. We didn't bring it up, but it was interesting that we found out now that Philbin wanted to get rid of him a year ago, uh, incognito. Now we're not looking at this this incident with these two. Um, these two guys, Incognito and Martin. Yep. I don't know. I mean, it's, he's still getting paid. So, um, I don't think Martin's getting paid. I think Rich Incognito's getting paid. I mean, he's got 1.7 coming to him or something. And for for bullying, being taken off the field, and they don't know what to do with him. Well, so, I mean, I don't really know what that means. Martin left on his own cognizance. And, and um, I think Rich Incognito was suspended uh Probably with, it's going to end up with pay. He's suspended till this case got settled. Um, but this team did find a way to um, win a football game. They uh, beat the Jets twenty-three-three. Uh, Rex Ryan still said Geno is the guy. I just Geno. I guess you. I guess this is the time you take a quarterback through. You take a quarterback through his bumps and bruises uh, right now, so he'd be better off for you next year in the future. But they the Jets totally. the Jets didn't even score. I mean the Jets the Jets when I think about the Jets I think about the defense. 
I think about what he does on defense and how he stays in football games. But the Miami Dolphins, 23-3, to the same Miami Dolphins who had the New England Patriots twice on the ropes. Um, but they, they win a game against the Jets team who's pretty much out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you got to give him the experience. Just keep jail on it. All, all you'd be doing is wrecking his his confidence any that he has left. He has the lowest uh, quarterback rating of any quarterback in the NFL. So you can't really say, I'm not really sure how you can say that he's a good quarterback because he's technically the worst quarterback in the NFL, but you got to give him as much time to blossom as possible. And you cannot, you can't shop uh, get real game time in prep time. You know, you need, you need him to get out on the field, get hit, make some mistakes, hopefully do something positive. It's like playing around the golf. You need one good hit, one good stroke game, one good stroke around, and you're moving forward. And that's what Geno Smith needs to do right now. Just get one positive thing that he can take back with him and then work on everything else until the end of the season. Here's, here's who the Miami Dolphins have next. Uh, Pittsburgh still is 5-7, and seven, New England Patriots 9-3, Buffalo 4-8. and eight. Buffalo, who needs to win all four of their games. Um, and they have the Jets again in the last season. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 5-7. and seven. They could finish the season nine and seven, but what do you make about what Mike Tomlin did? It, I this really this took me for one right here. Uh, I don't, I don't, I couldn't think. I couldn't even get in his head what he was thinking to even do something like that. And you can see him looking. You're not looking at the big screen as the coach. You're looking at the play because it's coming right at you. And Mike Tomlin was in the line. It was in the field of play, and then automatically somehow. He just felt that he should step aside because he was looking at it on a jumbo screen. What do you make about Mike Tomlin and the, and the, what he was trying to do in that Baltimore game? I mean, it's funny that a couple of coaches have come out and said that they watched the jumbotron during kick returns to see how their special teams are lining up. And special if, team coaches do that. Right. Well, the head, okay. So I think one head coach came out. I, I can't remember who it was. But you know everybody on that field with media credentials, reporters, uh, trainers, assistant coaches, head coaches, players, everybody knows you can't stand on that white line. Right. Everybody knows. He's been in the NFL for a long time in one facet or another. So he knows he's not supposed to stand there. It was as It's not like he was standing on the side of the white line that's further away from the field. He was on the field. There's a... I mean, it was like he was... So, I mean, there's no excuse for this. I don't think they should lose a draft pick because I don't think you have to penalize the, the team... Uh, for one person's mistake, plus he wasn't going to run the kickback anyway. Well, I mean, go I ahead. They say to, to Tom, he put the Steelers at risk uh, losing more than a draft pick. I, I think he should be fine. I think he should be heavily fine. And 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 I say heavily, and it's hard for me to say because Mike Tomlin is a he's a friend. He's a I know the guy, but and I but I would have never I would have never thought something like that. A losing season make you do crazy things, but I would never thought something like that. Um, <laughs> What what happened from a guy? He's he's such a classy guy. He's a yeah. he's a guy I would I, I wouldn't mind being coached by, and I'm I'm older than this guy, but I wouldn't mind being coached by him because he know how to put de- defenses together. He know how to to scheme on a or get you ready for big games. He plays in one of the he coaches one of the toughest teams uh, in the league. Uh, that well used to be one of the toughest teams, but. For him to do something like that, I think he gets fine because he is a head coach. Uh, and you mentioned those who watch the Jumbotron. Yeah, those special team coaches. There are two. There are a few lines out there. This is the sideline, and that end of that white line, 
is a referee box where the referee has to be able to run down the sideline. This is how the Arizona caught and back. And then there's another line where the players should stand by. So when you see these guys on the sideline, they shouldn't even be there. This is how the uh, Arizona Cardinals lost the Super Bowl because everyone wants to stand on the sideline. And that's all discipline. Move back. Um, move back. And, and in this case, and in the case with the Arizona Cardinals, then Fitzgerald would have caught um, Harris, Jamie, James Harrison. And we won't be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers won a Super Bowl. We'll be talking about the Arizona Cardinals won a Super Bowl because of the discipline yeah. part of it. But I, I think on Mike Thomas, Tomlin uh, incident, yeah, he he has to get fined because I look, I watched it over and over and I try to get him the benefit of the doubt and I'm and everybody just who like Mike Tomlin just say okay he did what he did let's move on you just can't move on we don't move on with other people and I I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin but I think he he gets fined for this I don't think the Steelers should lose a draft pick that you know you're going too far but I think he gets um I think he gets fined and then maybe the Steelers going to get fined which he's costing the organization money now so that can be a that could be a problem. Moving forward. Now, what if, what if, uh, like, he accidentally tripped Jacoby Jones? Like, it, because he didn't touch him, <laughs> it's not a huge, like, he's, there's no suspension, there's no anything. He didn't technically cross the biggest line possible just touching a player during an active play. Hey, he's going to get 100000 the team will get 100000 and that'll be it. Uh, yeah, he's going to get 100000 And um well, I don't know. I don't even know the numbers. He's, he's never been a guy who's been in trouble with the, but that right there took the cake. Uh, Jacoby, he didn't know he wasn't going to touch him. He didn't know. He was figuring out why is this guy here? There have been some, there have been some coaches who stuck their foot out and tripped players of opponent team. There have been some coaches that threw imaginary punches at, at players running down the sideline. The player don't know what's going to happen. So if you cause him not to score or do anything like that, yeah, that's, that could be a problem. That could be a fine. I, and I think Tomlin will get fined, then everything will move forward from there. But it's going to be some talking between he and the Pittsburgh Steelers because now you're closer to money. They may get fined also. Yeah, So, but if so they have Miami this week, if they beat Miami, they're right there. You know, they're right there. Yeah. They, 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 who would have thought? They look so bad the first five weeks of the season, just just awful. They still and look bad. It shows that Le'Veon Bell is really good. But look He's at great. their schedule. They they got everything. Um, they have things, and you're right. If they beat Miami, they're on the road. The only problem they're going to have, it could be two. Or it could be three. Uh, they got Miami, 6-6. Six and six. Miami, so if they beat, if they beat the uh, Dolphins, they have to play. Um, they're at home. Miami's coming to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So Miami's coming, to, Miami's coming to Pittsburgh. After that, the Cincinnati Bengals is coming to Pittsburgh. They can be okay right there with two games left. Then they have to go to Green Bay, depending on if Aaron Rodgers is healthy or not or can play. If Aaron Rodgers, he's a difference maker. If he's at underneath the center, that's a whole different Green Bay Packers team. Now, the last game, December 29th, is Cleveland Browns at home. They got three games at home, one on the road. Here's where you can control your own destiny. You just got to get on one of those roads that the Carolina Panthers are on and when it went out, and then in the AFC, you will get the Pittsburgh would get the wild card if they went out. And and they played so bad, they was they were they were terrible, and we we wonder what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, what if? And going back, just one last thing on the Tomlin thing. What if the Steelers would have won that game? Like with and that this is my last like so if they would have won this game. You can't vacate a win, 
find them as much as you want, but if they won that game, they'd be in the playoffs. They'd be in the in, in the final playoff spot right now. Yeah, but you know what? If they won that game and Tomlin did that, now you're talking about his image around the league. See, this right right now, this this would be forgotten. Uh, it'd come up as a joke or come up uh, down the road as a highlight, but. If they won a game because he did this, now they're talking about his character. Now you're talking about – now you're really staying in his character as far as – I mean, you do whatever it takes to win within the rules or just don't get caught doing it. That right there was too – that was too obvious, too blatant. There was no need for it. You got to you, – you got your team you – ha, you got your team on somewhat of a run. If you lost that game, you have four games to control your own destiny. It would have been interesting to find out what they would have done if they would have Pittsburgh Steelers would have won this game and and Mike Tomlin doing what he did. Yeah, I mean, and, and going back to your other comments, the, the most recent one, I think that they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers are like the San Antonio Spurs. They're there all the time, right? And you know you don't want to see them in the playoffs. So take away the Tebow one with when Palomalu jumped the jumped around and it was the biggest mistake he's ever made. Take that away. Mm-hmm. They're always nails in the playoffs. So if they win out, this is the time where they start to turn it on. So every year, usually, so they're turning it on here, and their their schedule isn't awful going down the stretch. Uh-huh. So if they can finish even eight and eight, eight and eight might do it. Eight and eight, but yeah. you know what? I was thinking. Uh, I said Pittsburgh went out. They'd be uh, they will be nine and seven, but the Bengals are eight and four. The Ravens are six and six. The Ravens Ravens control their destiny more than Pittsburgh does. Right, absolutely. But I I trust Ben Roethlisberger more than Joe Flacco this year. Yeah, I do. Too. I do too. But, uh, because Antonio Brown has become a top ten wide receiver, he just shot out of a cannon. So right. he, has, he has a Mike Wallace who doesn't that, that shuts his mouth and plays football, that has better hands, and he has a, a young running back that hopefully is okay after that hit he took on Thanksgiving. Le'Veon on uh, Bear has a uh, five hundred twenty eight yards up to this point, which is good because the team has been bad, so they have to find some commitment to run. Um, and Antonio Brown. One thousand one hundred and three yards uh, receiving. That that is that is good for uh, the Baco offense that Ben Roethlisberger didn't believe in, as far as the um, the coach, the office coordinator is concerned. But they right, have. This is, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. This is exactly what you've been talking about, and I and you know I don't like giving you credit, but this is exactly what you've been talking about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They draft. They have people sit around for a few years until the divas leave. And they get their chances. Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown are two exact um, uh, examples of that. They were behind Mike Wallace. They were behind Heinz Ward when he was there. And then those guys left, and now they're the number one, number two receiver. Jericho Cotri, uh has added a nice addition as, as a third receiver. Right. As Heath Miller still. So you're right. They do it organically. They do it like the Spurs do in the NBA. They don't make huge acquisitions. They don't pay guys a lot of money. You go and play football because you love the game and you love to play for a story franchise. And it looks like that's exactly what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. So guys, I'll give you kudos for what you've been saying all year. That's what I do. I say what's right. Uh, okay, guys, so I give you a compliment. Just say thank you and move on. Thank you, you my know? foot. Jerry, uh, Jerry Cotry, uh, eight touchdowns this year. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah, eight touchdowns. And, and, it's and, three in one game. And that's what those guys do, man. Uh, you uh, t- Guys doing free agency, they go – they go to uh, Pittsburgh to win championship games, and if you get drafted by Pittsburgh, then um, they sit you out. It's not intentional that they sit you out. It's just there are guys there. They want you to be ready to play when it's your turn to get on the field. It's not that you're not playing; you're contributing on special teams and somehow. But they, you get an understanding of um, how the Pittsburgh 
Steelers play football. It's kind of like in New, New, uh, New England. There's a Pittsburgh way. There's a New England way. Every, most teams have a certain weight, certain style. You only go to a certain other teams who's not winning to get a salary, to play, to get money. But if you're trying to win games, you go to certain teams like Pittsburgh, New England. You go to uh, uh, the Colts used to be one of those teams. You go to Green Bay. You go to Denver. <clears throat> you go to teams and you take pay cuts, but you're going to win the championships. And, and most guys understand that. And, and sometimes it's later in their year, but most guys understand that you can never take my championship ring away. You can never take my Super Bowl ring away. Uh, the, the money at some point would be um, would be gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people, especially receivers and, and position players in the NFL, think they can go somewhere, get paid a lot of money, and lead their team to a Super Bowl by themselves. Like, I feel like I don't know why why Mike Wallace went to Miami other than to just get paid, and I think he just got paid, and that was it. I, he gave up on winning a Super Bowl, pretty I, much. I did not see that guy leaving Pittsburgh, but. But the, for the only reason was was to get paid. Yeah, yeah. You, why? Why would you even? Why would you do that? Why would you leave? Well, he got he got what? He got forty mil, right? Forty million. Forty million. So, I mean, that that's a lot of money. So if you want to be unhappy somewhere else, instead of being unhappy in one of the the most historical uh, historically you know enriched franchises in the NFL, then then so be it. Be unhappy somewhere where you can win at least. Yeah, at you least know, take a, I don't know. Get a bigger signing bonus. I don't know. Take less money down down the road. Make it front heavy. But Pittsburgh obviously saw that Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders could carry the load. So like, peace out. Who's a top five receiver when they let him go? Yeah, I, okay. most guys. Most guys don't believe in the NFL and what they and and everything. They figure as violent as that game is, if I have a chance to get my money, I'm gonna get my money. And that sounds like what. Uh, he did by leaving Pittsburgh and going to Miami, and Miami's not a bad place to go. Let me add that to it. It's not a bad place to be, but at some point you you're going to want to win f- football games and not just continue to be in the playoffs. I think Miami Dolphins was just a financial move. It wasn't a we're going to win a championship move because I just didn't see it. And we talked about their defense on on air uh, a few times about being the intricate part of what they do as far as winning games over there. But Tannehill, I think he'll get it together. The offense, he knew. He came out of uh, Texas. We went Texas A&M. Um, yeah. Came out of Texas A&M knowing most of that offense because one of his coaches was there. I think those are great moves to make if you're drafting somebody. Um, bring him to a situation where he's comfortable and not where he has to learn everything. Bring defensive backs into a, a situation defensively where he's he's a cover two corner in college. And now we ask him to play man to man. It's a different ball game. You you ask him for trouble. Uh, these guys should have been drafted the first round, having a skill set. They should be able to play a whole lot, but it's just not the case. So yeah. most most of these guys uh, <clears throat> go in situations where they have to relearn a whole other offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Ryan Tannehill just to touch on the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill is he reminds me of Alex Smith a lot. He's got a better arm, uh, probably bigger hands, <laughs> but. Uh, He's, he, he's, he's elusive. He, he can run the ball. He's a lot faster than people think because he used to be a wide receiver. Alex Smith is a lot faster than people think. It took Alex Smith seven or eight years to become relevant. And Alex Smith is finally starting to get it the past couple of years. So with Tannehill's raw talent, he needs to learn the... Alex uh, Smith. Uh, Alex Smith. Will, will you, you say that, and um, I agree with you, because it did take that long. But he did have... Didn't he have, like, three different coordinators? Yeah, yeah, I mean, North Turner, North Turner was one of them. Right, he had, I think it's a kiss of death, but 
Yeah, he had three different yeah. coordinators. Alex Smith went to um, he went to school in um, was it Cal or no? no that was Utah. where was Utah, it? Oh, Utah, <laughs> Utah. You got a guy from Utah, um, but he, but he's good. You just got to put him in the system. A lot of a lot of quarterbacks end up leaving, going somewhere else, and there's not a whole lot of them that can play. They play in a certain system. Uh, they 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 have timing routes. They t- timing throws. They're able to make – all the quarterbacks are not like um, Warner. They're not like um, what the Cardinals had here, what the St. Louis had there. Um, this is a guy who can travel and play anywhere. You have to get the defense down and then be, make that offense yours and, and, and be comfortable making checks and moving the offense up and down the field. One of the stories I want to get to <clears throat> before we get off the air, we have about four minutes left. Um, I thought it was interesting. The 76ers uh, guard, Michael Carter-Williams, you know who I'm talking about? Are you looking it up? Yes. Yeah, from Syracuse. Michael Carter-Williams put his whole rookie salary in a trust fund. I, and I thought that was interesting. Um, being in 76ers, being aware of what the conversation was with AI, and people think AI is broke. Allen obviously he's not broke. Someone did the same thing for him. Someone put about fifty million dollars of his money away. Um, but he just don't have all that money that he used to have, where he can just go here and go there and do this and have a bunch of people tagging along. His rookie contract is guarantees him four point five million over the first four. I'm sorry, over the first two seasons, he could make a total of ten million if the Sixers put in his final. They pick up his final season. Of his contract, I, I thought that was a, uh, I thought that was awesome. I thought he and his parents, uh, someone's doing the right thing by him by putting that away, of four point five million for the next three years. He'll be able to touch it in three years, but just to put it away in a trust fund so guys don't go crazy. Um, and I don't know if he, someone thought he was a guy who's seized four or five million and let me go spin it up, but just any play could be your last play, and to put some money away. Um, in a trust fund, which you can't touch it for the next three years. Uh, I thought that was – I just wanted to bring that story up. Yeah, no, that's that's a great story. I think that this should become a staple. This should be in contracts. Half of your salary goes into a trust fund until you turn 25. And, and I was going to um, – because you had mentioned – you had brought that up a couple of times, but you mentioned that. And I, 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 think, I think the players' union should do it. I, I think it should be mandatory. <clears throat> Man, I don't care if you're an undrafted free agent – and you're making a hundred and nineteen thousand. Some of that should be put away, and you can't touch it for three years. Um, a lot of things have to be in place where you can, you know, live throughout the season. But when you come in undrafted, some of those guys, it's, it's a regular job. It's a regular job because they live in check to check, and they got to wait till next season. You think a hundred nineteen thousand gets you through? But no, that's in all actuality, that's probably about. 60, 60 something thousand, and you still have to pay your agents and all that stuff. You live in an apartment, but yeah, but but what about? I mean, you don't pay for anything if you're if you're a professional athlete, right? You don't pay for your flight. You, I mean, you pay for your meals. What, what flights? What flights are you talking about? You don't personally like to travel, like in, in season. You know, if you're flying, you're doing spring, you're doing uh, doing OTAs, you're doing camps, you're doing all this stuff. You don't pay for that stuff, right? Yes, you do. You pay for this. So you pay when you have to fly to St. Louis to play Seattle, to play the Rams. No, no, you don't. You, you, you don't pay for that. Um, not really. You don't pay for it. But I, I hear what you're saying. Off season, okay. If I live in Virginia, 
and I have to come be in Arizona for uh, OTAs, well, I'm gonna have to get that ticket to be back in Arizona for OTAs. The Cardinals not gonna buy, the Cardinals not buying that ticket for me. I'm saying like during the season, <laughs> like making 119,000 say that is, is an undrafted free agent. Uh-huh. You make a lot more than that. It's just it's just not in paycheck form. No, I don't. You talk. You talk about the the. There's really no. No, hundred nineteen is hundred nineteen. Um, I I think I hear what you're saying as far as okay, I got five hundred dollars and everything is forty percent off. I'm getting more for my money. Um, no, I think um. No, the Cardinals. Uh, not not even the Cardinals. Just anybody. If yeah. you're making hundred nineteen. The only free travel you got is going to the game to do your job. You got to, you got, okay, you got to, you got to pay uh, taxes on that 119. And you have to, um, you have to uh, pay your agent and all that. So it's really no money. And we'll talk about some more, um, but we have to get off the air. Uh, unfortunate time flew right by. I wasn't even looking at the clock, but Kwame yeah. Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll be back Thursday. Um, you guys have a good Wednesday, and we'll see you Thursday. Happy birthday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.